Hello, and welcome to episode 78 of Craft, Cook, Read, Repeat, a conversation about crafting food and books. I'm Monica. And I'm Courtney. Today is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. A big thank you to all of our listeners, both old and new. We hope this podcast will be something you continue to put on repeat. How's it going, Courtney? It's going great, and I'm really excited. Oh, I can't say it yet. Why not? You got to tell what this episode is about. This is the this is the cookie episode. So I have the best husband in the world, and I just had a birthday. And for my birthday, he got us a session at a professional recording studio. So not this episode. <laughs> this one probably will still sound the same like it always does. But we are working on that. But the next episode, which will come out, I think, December 1st, will be from a professional recording studio. So it should sound amazing. We're super, I'm super nervous. I'll speak for myself. I'm I'm nervous. nervous, And I hope that it's not so, so amazing that you're like, (laughs) ugh, they're back to their studio. But I think we'll learn some new tricks and it will be very exciting. And so today we've decided we're going to do our annual gift episode. The gift episode, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit too. And I have some random random things that I wanted to share just to make sure that we had enough content for you when we're in the professional studio and sounding fantastic. Podcast released wise, you guys won't notice anything different. We're just mixing things up a bit. Yeah. Because we're recording two episodes pretty close together, which is unusual. Normally yeah, unusual for us. And in light of our gift episode, on the way over here, I turned on the radio in my car, and it was Christmas music. Ooh. And I know everyone else cringes, just like Monica did. Ooh. And my kids cringed when I turned it on yesterday. It brings me so much joy. Good. I am fine with the Christmas music. That's good. And was it the All Christmas Station? Yeah, ninety four five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I tried to have one of the kids program it into my favorite stations in the car because I. I don't know if you know this, but I am like totally tech. I don't, what's the right word? Just, (laughs) it's not my thing. I'm sure I could figure it out, but now I just remember 94.5 and I'll just tune it to that station. So Christmas music. Excellent. So the next episode will be a return to our regularly scheduled program. But for this one, we are going to have out and about next to the turkey and all wrapped up. Okay, we'll fine. So, we'll do Thanksgiving first. Well, it does come first. <laughs> it does. So out and about, just some random things that I wanted to sneak in here. And local people, scrap, which we have talked about before, creative reuse. They are having a luxury yarn bonanza this week, Thursday through Saturday, November eighteenth through twentieth. I think they're putting out a little bit each day. Um, my friend went last week when they had some. It went pretty quickly. because She when, went at the end of the day, though. On Friday? On Thursday. Okay, because it was gone on Friday. Oh. Yeah. So. It goes really quickly. It does go quickly. Because but she got five skeins of Dreamin' Color and two skeins of Sanguine Griffin for 70 bucks total. So, so 10, like 10 bucks a skein. Which is really good for those yarns. So Yeah, it's like less than half. So. Really nice yarn, definitely worth checking out, I would think. I have not been yet because... Yeah, do you know the story behind this? Is this a store that's just offloading some backstock? I don't know. I was wondering if maybe it's an estate sale. Oh, 
Like, okay. and someone's family didn't know what to do with it. I mean, this would be a good option. I thought it all came from verb for keeping warm. Uh, I don't know. I think okay. they had some of their yarn as well. Oh, they had some of their yarn. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was a whole bunch of different yarns. So, so something to possibly check out. There is information about that on, I'm sure, various places, but definitely their Instagram feed. That was where I saw it. I could do an hour of, of a commercial about scrap. If they ever needed, <laughs> and they do have many other nice things uh-huh. there. You have to be, you have to be in the mood for that kind of shopping. Sure, yeah. yeah, but it is, it is good if you are in the mood. And then things happening in the spring. I made dinner reservations for Courtney and I for when we are at at Stitches West in March. So I'm pretty excited. We're going to have a dinner experience. Looking forward to that. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it will happen. I want to look and see what museum exhibits will be going on, oh, too. Yeah. And I might sneak away for a little bit and do a, a museum in a studio, hopefully a studio tour. There's someone out there who I'd love to connect oh, with. So, How exciting. Yeah, I yeah. expect to have something to plan for. Hopefully it will all I happen. I know. It's like the first trip in two years, basically. Yeah. And then I had uh, the signups for my retreat went out which hasn't happened in two years. So. The one up north? In uh, San... South, but yeah. Okay. Uh, San Juan Baptista. So yes, yeah, so everyone's very excited about that. Hopefully that will happen as well. But many exciting things going on. And then, yeah, just wanted to ask if like three Advent projects, <laughs> knitting projects are doable. Because <laughs> I went from, did I order Advent yarn? No. Was I consciously making that choice to not order Edmund yarn? Yes, because I did a project last year. I felt like I didn't need to do this one this year. I, I knew I was going to do the gnome. So there's another Advent gnome or, you know, winter, December gnome. So that's fine. And then I had won the Advent set. Oh, so I had have so many. So I had to do that. I am pretty envious of the yarn Advent stuff. I've said this every year. Mm-hmm. In perpetuity. I did a big look to see if there was an art craft advent kit and I could I found one that was like 12 days of Christmas and it uses acrylic and I don't want that but I am gonna do birds in December with Charlotta who's blue shine art and I don't know if I'm gonna do anything else because I'm really itching to paint some fun stuff so yeah, no, just doing, doing your own stuff is delightful as well. And that was my plan. <laughs> and then there was and another... And then the industry conspired against you. Yes, well, then there's another Advent scarf that I really like to do that's by the woman who was in charge of Sock Madness for a long time. She always does a free Advent scarf that are amazing, and I hadn't done it in a couple of years. But then she came out with one, and there was... a. Forbidden Fiber had a Christmas kit that I had been eyeing and I told myself I wasn't going to get it. But then it was like the exact right amount of yarn in color and yardage for the Advent, the other Advent scarf that I want to do. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. had to order that. Yes, of course. Had to. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And then I do still have some gift knitting that I want to do. <laughs> have I finished either of the two sweaters that I'm working on? No, I have not. The knitting is going to be interesting. Well, going it's forward. not like you have anything else going on. That's true. You know, Luckily. children to feed, right? Dogs oh, to walk. The sweater thing. The sweater. The sticking the sleeves. 
that we talked oh, about yes. last time. Yes, so yes. this is in reference to yes. So there was a post on Instagram where a woman was doing a gradient fade or a fade on her sweater. And normally, when you're doing a sweater, you have to kind of divide up the yarn, and you're trying to get the sleeves to match the body and each sleeve to match each other. So it's kind of a pain to do a, a gradient or a fade on a sweater. So we saw a post. This woman was knitting it all in one piece, one big circle, and then she was going to steek it and seam up the sides and steep and the sleeves, which just sounded amazing. Because right. then all of your, you would just be knitting in a circle, like a giant poncho, basically. And you, there was some sneaky business to make the sleeve, make sure there were enough stitches for the sleeves and whatnot. And when, so when that, you and I both saw it and I thought it was just the sleeves. Right. And you thought it was more poncho-ish, like whole body and sleeves. Yes. So what did you discover? So what I discovered, well, it wasn't me. Tori, who is Wide Angle Mind, contacted me on, or posted on Ravelry and asked if I could give her some more information because it sounded really interesting. And then she actually, and I was like, well, this is all I know. I haven't done any additional research. She did the research for me. Thank you very much. Um, and she found one that is doing the two sleeves all in one, like you thought it was. Okay. But then she went back to the original post that I saw, and there was a link to another knitter who did indeed do, like, the giant poncho thing. And he did a series of 10 photos to kind of show what he's doing or what he did. I mean, it looks completely doable and fairly easy. He's, you know, said he's not going to do a pattern for it, which is totally fine. But it turned out it looks so nice and wow. really, I mean, I can't see why it wouldn't work except for the, the steaking part of the, the seaming. But yeah, to make a, you know, a gradient or a fade all even and easy would be pretty nice. Cool. So I don't know when that'll happen, but it definitely is intriguing. So yeah, you basically knit your sweater like a giant poncho and you cast on some extra stitches where the sleeves would be so that you have those stitches. And then, yeah, you steak it and seam it. and Pretty amazing. Are you going to put his 10 photo series in the show notes? Yes, so I will link to that Instagram <clears throat> post. Great. If people are interested. And if you do it yourself, please let me know because I'm fascinated by this whole concept. I have scissors. <laughs> you do have scissors. You will definitely be involved. Well, you did fine. Once I yeah, and I guess, off. and it'll be different because you're not because you are seaming it together, so it feels like it'd be a little bit. You don't have to worry so much about the edges because you're going to be swooping them together, right? Instead of binding them off, right? So interesting. Still That's, slightly nerve wracking. Yes, it's just well, yeah. yeah. Cutting your knitting always is. All right, then next to the turkey. I figure everyone, you know. They have their turkey recipe. Unless you have any turkey thoughts. I don't have any turkey thoughts. No. I don't particularly love Thanksgiving turkey. It's slightly too big. Mm. I like a small bird. Okay. It's just me. Yeah. But I'm excited for Thanksgiving because we are gathering people. I know. As, as a whole entire family, we're all doing a COVID test ahead nice. of time. Very nice. Because we still have, well... As you all know, we're in California. Things are still not great. I looked at the numbers, yeah. still not great. And because we have a big multi-generational family and we have not seen each other for 
18, 20 months, yeah. we're going to be really careful because we want to protect the older folk. Well, we want to protect everybody, but especially the older folks and the babies who can't be vaccinated yet. Yep. So it's for real. So we're all going to COVID test ahead of time. And then, and I have my assignment, my hefty Thanksgiving assignment. Do you want to talk about it? I have to make a salad. Ugh. We have so many people that it's, uh, and it's not at my house. So therefore uh, I don't have to do the turkey or the hot uh, stuff. I mean, that's not bad. I offered to make homemade rolls and they were like, no, we got the bread covered. So I am responsible for the salad mm-hmm. and deviled egg appetizer. Oh, nice. So these are like crowning recipes from my in-laws. My father-in-law is the deviled egg guy. He puts a little bit too much salt in them, so I'm going to back that off a bit. I have to make a lot because this family loves deviled eggs. And then I'm doing, my mother-in-law was really, really known for her elaborate salads with lots of good texture. Oh yeah, you've talked about that before. Kind of chopped. She had this, she has this iconic Italian footed salad bowl that she would always put it in. It's not even big. I mean, I'd need two of them because there are going to be so many of us. So I think what I'll do is make all of the components with lots of extra greens. And then Mm -hmm. if I have to beef up the greens partway through, I will. But I'm really excited because Tori, who is wide angle mind, Tori sent us some amazing French shallots and the most enormous heads of garlic I I personally have ever seen that she found at her local farmer's market. Yeah. First, thank you, Tori. Very, very thoughtful to send these things to us. And especially right before Thanksgiving, I'm looking for some extraordinary shallot dressing recipe that will really feature the shallots and put it on my salad. And I wish I didn't draw garlic last week because these are the most photogenic shallot yeah. or um, garlic heads. We should probably post them on Instagram. We will. There. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a photo shoot. I have kind of a setup at home. Oh, excellent. They're so beautiful. So that's my plan. It's cool. super easy. This is making me think they're just Smitten Kitchen just put this on social media again. She has a recipe for their sweet potato slices that you bake and you top them with like a cranberry and goat cheese chutney kind of thing. Yum. And it involves a shallot dressing. And I feel like I made it last year. I know I made it. I can't remember exactly when. And that the dressing was really like the topping part. I mean, sweet potatoes are amazing. Anyway, but the topping part is also really good. And I think it involves shallots. I think so I saw that too and was yeah, thinking it was that'd just be today. great for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. not today. Or, I mean, rec- very recently. Yeah. And she did her email newsletter this week was all her Thanksgiving ideas. I always find it interesting when people are trying to like upgrade and redo Thanksgiving. I mean... Oh, yeah. No. I tagged... Mm-hmm. On November 9th, a salad for Thanksgiving, because I knew I was doing salads. And it features shallots and it's butternut squash. Ooh. And it's smitten. Nice. So I think, are we talking about the same one? No, that's different. Look at her blending. That's a salad salad. Monica and I are watching the video. 
It's beautiful. Or the real or whatever you call it. That's my Thanksgiving salad. Thanks, Deb. She has so many answers. Shallot dressing, though. I love that she blends it. I think that will do a beautiful emulsification and this will one. coat Sweet everything. potatoes with pecans and goat cheese. Oh, those are adorable. Yep. They're little bites. They are. I'm not allowed to bring anything else, though, because there are so many people and everybody has their assignment. And otherwise, it will just be too much. Is there a such thing as too much at Thanksgiving? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think that, yes, it does. It does involve shallots. So that could be something to look at as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. So salad, not vegetables, because last time you, we had talked about... Normally, I do the vegetables, but I'm happy to pick up the the Mama Gina salad and do my mother-in-law's, or a version of my mother-in-law's salad. It's delicious. It is the first, you know, gathering since she's okay. passed, so right. that feels good. Seems like a good choice. Yeah, I am, I am in charge of... Well, I, there were options, and we got to pick, and I... I claimed a dessert because why not? Um, so I think I'm going to do a some sort of fruit crisp because that's fairly that way I can Yum. make sure there's a gluten free option okay. for the husband. But I haven't decided what kind yet, mm. so I have to think about that. If anybody has any suggestions for a favorite one that is gluten free or can easily like easily be made gluten free, I can always sub gluten free flour. I feel like crisps are pretty easy. It's not like it has to rise or anything. So. Do you have any favorite combos? I mean, there's always the classic apple or like a pear cranberry. I don't know if everyone is in love with cranberries as I am. I'm in love with cranberries. I love cranberries. So I found, I did, and there are some other recipes that I want to try. But And maybe I will just go with these because I found two cranberry tarts can, recently. Can, what happens to a persimmons when you crisp it? Oh, I don't know. That could be interesting. I think... The flavor profile of a persimmons, like if you mixed it in with apples, I'm, mm. I don't know. I'm channeling the David Chang, you know, like what tastes good to you. <laughs> We're reading that cookbook, you guys, and it's like mind blowing. Like yep. you have to think about food in a different way. You do. Or oh, yeah. more obsessively than we already do. And also less obsessively. Yeah, but sometimes I just want you to tell me what to cook and right. how to cook it. Yes. Other times I want to think about what else can you crisp? Yeah. <laughs> so we will see what happens with that. But the two cranberry tarts that I was have been eyeing, they both have like ginger snap crusts, which is awesome. So one of them was in the Chronicle. Yum. And is cranberry pecan tart. Which okay. I think sounds Pretty tasty. Delightful. Yeah. And the other one is from Bon Appetit via Jenny Rosenstruck. And it's a cranberry lime tart, which Ooh. she said is basically like a key lime plus cranberries. I vote for that one all the way. Which looks amazing. And it's like this beautiful pink color. So, so we will see. You know, the chocolate mousse of the chocolate mousse pie is totally gluten-free. Yes. Just saying. Mousse is good. Everyone likes chocolate. Huh. I mean, mostly. Yes. So we shall see. I'm. I. I. I guess I could swing back and see if people would be upset if I didn't bring a tart, uh, Chris. Or I could just do two. Uh, that was what I yeah. was assuming you were gonna do. Oh, yeah. We'll see. 
One we for will here, see. one for later. I'm getting my booster shot the day before, oh. so we'll have to, <laughs> fingers crossed, that I have the same zero reaction that I did to the original vaccine. Yeah, I have to strategically plan mine because I was pretty leveled. That's true. Wish me luck with that as well. Hopefully, I know Thanksgiving is a complicated holiday for lots of people for many reasons. Hopefully, if you do celebrate, you will have a nice happy gathering with people that you love and delicious food and laughter yep all right all wrapped up moving on <gasps> courtney's favorite episode cue the <laughs> christmas carols <sighs> and the dreidel song whatever whatever however you celebrate yep all right oh on the needles we start we start with me so this is something that is really useful and I learned about it from one of my retreats and it's those neck reading lights that they sell for camping but they're really good for knitting as well because then your hands are free you can focus the light so like if you're watching tv and you like a darkened room or, you know you're in a room with other people or you're just getting older and the eyes aren't working so well not that I would know anything about that you just have all this nice light focused on your knitting and it is very handy so one of I have seen those on the interwebs and I thought of it. Yeah, no, like they're it great. Would be. Yeah. They actually um I think one year we got them as a part of the, the swag at our retreat. So it is definitely a good thing. Um that a knitter in your life would enjoy. Or you put it on your list. I also really like pottery from Jam PDX. They are, they are out of Portland, uh, and I've seen them at Stitches West, and they have an online site. And all these links will be in the show notes. They have a lot of knitting-themed coffee mugs, tea mugs, yarn bowls, and other things. And then a lot of other pottery items, just regular bowls, vases, cake plates. Some of them have grown-up content as well, for those of you that like that. That's fun. That's like, always fun. Yeah. Um, I guess not grown-up content language. Grown-up language. Let me be a little more specific. For the non-knitters, can you please describe a knitting bowl? Um, so it's a bowl, uh, a little bit bigger than a ball of yarn. Like a cantaloupe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, and there is a swirl cut out of the side, and you put your yarn in there, and then it keeps your... So it's it's more if you have wound your yarn into a ball instead of a center pull cake. So then when you're knitting, it stays in the bowl and the yarn comes out through the cutout part and it just keeps it all neat. And they are usually really beautiful. And the, the little hook in the ceramic acts as a bobbin so that it keeps your tension a little more even and, and it keeps the ball, the weight of the pottery keeps the ball in the bowl. It's not a closed thing, but because the ball is going through that loop, it keeps it all. Oh, I think I have seen them with lids as well, but the ones that I have don't have lids. I don't yeah. think you would need a lid. I mean, it, it has worked fine without lids for me. Mm -hmm. So those are really nice as well. And then, oh, I found a really some cool yarn rings. So I guess you actually, it is a thing for if you're knitting two-handed to help with the tension in your left hand i guess um but i found one that they were they were kraken shaped 
So they're just kind oh, of that's excellent. cool looking rings, but actually useful for knitting. Again, it acts as a yep. bobbin and, and helps, helps tension. improve tension. Yeah. Pretty cool. And that, and again, I think I saw a whole slew of them. That was just one that I thought was especially fun that you could just search for knitting rings, yarn rings. I just did a search on Etsy and came up with those, but that the Kraken one will be in the show notes as well. And also in the jewelry, a lot of people are making um, bangle bracelets now that you can put stitch markers on because a lot of them are so cute and adorable and sparkly sometimes. So then you can kind of wear them as jewelry as well, which I thought was pretty fun. And then I had a couple of things that were kind of, they're veering into on the easel territory. Oh, please. Just because like a knitter is going to know what kind of knitting things they they want. So maybe you want to get them something else that's outside of their comfort zone. But like I would... Creative people are creative people. Exactly. So doing something else would be fun. So one thing is the making magazine. And I got one of these last year. And there's knitting patterns, there's sewing patterns, there's all kinds of crafting patterns. And they're really beautifully shot. They seem to be making a real effort to include different viewpoints and you know, acknowledging the people that they're getting their information from. And so it's just beautifully done and very inspiring. And so I think that would be fun. You can get a subscription or you can just get a single issue. Uh, I think they come out three times a year. So they do have one coming out soon. So that would be, that would be the time to act on that. Is that published here in the States? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Cross-stitch and embroidery seems to be sweeping the uh, the knitting world as well. I know Forbidden Fiber Company has some cross-stitch kits, and a lot of other dyers are doing embroidery floss as well. So that could be a fun oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that so, is so cool. Yeah. So if that that is a thing that could that could happen, and then I came across a site. Well, I I went looking for it. Jen from the Down Cellar Studio last year or two years ago, someone gave her a watercolor kit from. Let's make art. Okay. Dot com. I guess you don't know it. No. Um, but I so I went and looked and she said it was really nice. Like it had all the things you need and had the, you know, told you what to paint and um and so I went and looked and they had a whole bunch of different kits. They had gouache kits and holiday ones, like you could search by theme, you could search by art. So it looked like a really fun, kind of easy th- way to get someone into a new a new craft option. That's incredible. Jen gave a pretty good review of the watercolor, so I have not personally used them, but they looked like they had a ton of options, and it looked pretty fun. Totally cute. And they have a, they just have regular supplies as yeah. well, I think, for that's actual that, artists. That is a great, for somebody who wants to jump into a new medium. Yeah. Even fully, if they don't know it. <laughs> yeah. Fully endorse that. Yeah. That's all that, my that's knitting. Your, that's my knitting. knitting. I have one sewing one because I had that experience with my sewing machine and people, I didn't really, I didn't have my notes in line for when we recorded, but I did buy that thread set mm-hmm. for my machine. And I thought if you know a quilter or really anybody who sews, this thread is just, it has been amazing to work with and it would make a beautiful gift. It's the Madeira Aerofill thread. I've seen it in a couple different places. It's, I think, maybe 18, maybe more, maybe 20, maybe 36 spools. I forget now. 
lots of different spools. They're not huge spools, but it will give you a sense of how the thread works. I did an entire pair of pants with the black spool, so it does, you know, it has some distance. So that's my one, my one sewing thing. And now for the easel stuff. I haven't darkened the door of an art store in mm. a really long time. So this was hard because I have been, the only thing I've bought through the whole quarantine has been a, a restock of paper and a couple sets of gouache. So this bit of research got me so excited to go back to an art store. So excited. Okay, there is a new set of drawing pencils that have just been released. They're by Faber-Castell and it's matte graphite. I know, I know you can't even believe <laughs> such a thing. So when you color with pencil or draw with pencil, regular graphite has a little bit of a sheen to it. Oh, like a regular pencil. Yeah. Yeah. And that is generally, I mean, there's no way around it. When you scan that art, sometimes it picks up the sheen. When you photograph it, you definitely see it. Or when you walk by a piece of graphite art, you can see the, the sheen of the graphite. Well, Faber-Castell has done the work and has taken a, most of the sheen out of the graphite. Wow. And it's the first... 14B pencil in the world if you buy oh my like gosh. a full set. I Monica, you have no you have no. So this Ticonderoga right here, yep, is a 2. Okay. HB2. So it's a pretty I mean it'll fill in the bubble on your dot matrix. Yes. Um standardized test and it will write your grocery list and you can draw a really good portrait with it. It's a really universal pe pencil. It goes up from there in darkness. The the pencil leads can get darker or lighter depending mm -hmm. on the hardness. Okay. So this is like pretty soft for like a lot of different things, but they can get softer and darker. So like an 8B would be like you could get really deep shadows and, and contrast. So it's dark. So it's... 14B, That's the, really the highest I've ever seen is like a 10 or a 12. Yeah. So this is the world's first <laughs> 14B. Like it's, it's like space black. Like space how much black. more black can it be? How much more black can it be? There is this whole thing about ultra black paint that there's a controversy about in the world. This is not that scenario. Anyway. But it's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. There is a set of six that I'm really, really interested in. I don't think that I personally need 14B, but to get the 14B one, you have to buy their like full set. And that comes with a pencil sharpener and an eraser. Mm. And it's all in a beautiful tin and it's very gift worthy. The smaller set though, I think would still be great. A perfect stocking stuffer, excellent for anybody who's drawing or sketching. And these are the matte ones. And these are all matte. So wow. they all have the that feature of being, and I like matte because gouache is matte. There's not a lot of shine and it's it photographs well. And that's part, it's just that velvety texture. So I'm super excited to try these pencils out. And like I said, you have a couple different options which set you can get.
I have talked previously about the Holbein gouache sets. They have like the four seasons. It's Iridori, which is based on Japanese seasonal color palettes. I've been painting with these for um, about a month and I bought the winter and autumn and winter sets. Love these paint colors. They are a little bit more transparent if you're a regular gouache user and you're expecting like full opacity. These veer more towards the M gram. I know I'm getting super technical. It's like it's good to know. I like that. I like a little bit of transparency. So it works. This works for me. You can look at all four sets are beautiful and would make any one of them would make an awesome gift. If you are interested in the acrylic gouache, which has acrylic polymers in it, but it is still, it still has the properties of gouache. It just, when it dries, it does not reactivate. That's the only difference. There is a Rebecca Green. She's an illustrator who I really adore. And she built an acrylic set with Holbein and that is still available and it's also incredibly cute packaging. And then if you're looking for oil paints for, well, for anyone really, I highly recommend the Gamblin paint line. They are doing like really environmentally conscious. They're not even solvents. They use a lot of uh, walnut oil and their linseed oil. Uh, Actually, I don't know if they use linseed in their paints. I'd have to look at that. But they are definitely, they're following the California standards for uh, VOC. They're just really mindful about what you're painting with. And I know some people are having reactions to traditional oil paints and definitely traditional solvents. So Gamblin might be an oil paint company that you want to look at. And then I always love to plug our local watercolor people a case for making. They're right here in San Francisco and they make handmade watercolor paints in the little trays. And you can build a whole palette around their, they have a couple different ones available. It's It does not come in tubes, it just comes in the little half pan. So that's a case for making and I, I do love their watercolor. And their whole shop is really, really sweet to go to. Then for, I mean, you can't just give paints without a sketchbook. Obviously not. The sketchbook that I am loving this year is Leustrom 1917. It's a German brand, Leustrom. I looked that up, how to pronounce it. Nice. Well done. Yep. It means lighthouse in German. Oh, that's lovely. I have loved this sketchbook it comes in a couple different dimensions and the paper quality is great. It can totally hold its own with gouache. I could probably do the facing page, like double pages. I don't because I do get a little bit of smudge off and sometimes I like to mess up the bottom corner. But this paper will work for most mediums and I think it would. It's a also a beautiful sketchbook. It comes with like a, an elastic closure on it, and there's a little pocket in the back. And you can get it monogrammed if you want to be super fancy. Whoa, 
I did that for my husband for his birthday. Oh, because you would. This is the square one that you mm -hmm, talked about. That I yeah. loved. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad so that you can you can fancy it up. I'm so glad. And then my last little nugget, I found this little artist toolkit. It's a mini palette that you could. It comes empty, and you can squeeze your tube paints. Either, I mean, I would do gouache but you could do watercolor, design gouache or watercolor into the little palette. And it's like micro thin, so you could take it out into the field and just have a, a palette on the go and use it with like a brush pen that's filled with water. And then you can just sort of sketch anywhere. And I would bring along one of those uh, extra bold pencils from Faber-Castell too. And then lastly, it's way too late to commission an artist for a custom <laughs> painting, but we sh I should do this in like after bingo. I should remind people yeah. that now's the time to talk to somebody about a commissioning if you want it for a yeah. Christmas gift. It well, does take I mean, us a people minute. People do have birthdays as well, so. That's true. It could be any time. I did get a commission for a bridge painting because I posted oh, yeah, yeah. um I posted a painting of the Golden Gate Bridge on our Instagram and it's that is in a private collection and one of the aunties asked me oh I need that painting and I said I'm sorry it's in the other auntie's private collection <laughs> <laughs> um so that was kind of fun but now I get to paint another bridge painting awesome so. bridge is fun I would Absolutely. think I haven't actually ever painted it, but it seems like it would be enjoyable. That international orange is really fun to paint yeah. against a clear blue sky. I would think. If only we had a clear blue sky. Every now and again. Every now and again. Okay. Right. On the table gifts, I'm going to start off with beans. <laughs> uh, that's is, very on brand. Of course, that's why I did it. Uh, no, the reason I wanted to say, I mean, A, I, I love beans. But Rancho Gordo does have a very nice gift selection. Uh, it does seem to be going quickly, but they, they have like themed boxes that are not just beans. They have one that I think had pozole and popcorn and um, they have clay bean pots. They have Ooh. lots of other bean adjacent gifts as well. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> If you like beans or you know someone who might be interested, that could be the Rancho Gordo website could be one to check out. And there are other bean companies out there as well that I'm sure have wonderful items. You know, check your, your local markets and whatnot. They are, I just think, one of the more better known. And not to totally steal your bean adjacent thunder, <laughs> however, it would be great to grab a thing of Rancho Gordo beans and like a soup thing and a bulb of gorgeous garlic yeah. and like put it out. That would be like a great teacher gift. Mm. I just thought of that. <laughs> You're amazing. And then these teachers are like, oh my God, I got to cook this for six hours. <laughs> you don't have to cook it for six hours. It's not how long beans take. How long do beans take? 45 minutes. You just have to Without soak it. So right. Just that's soak it overnight. I mean. It's overnight. But you have to remember or in the morning. I just I usually do it in the morning and let it soak and like put them in the water at nine. I need they a, soak until three. I need a bean adjacent app. Like <laughs> now's the time to 
You can set yourself I a know, reminder. I know. You're so you good. You have to remember to set a reminder. Again, my office is in the kitchen with the beans, so it is easier for me to do that. So anyway, beans. The other local place that I want to give a shout out to is Oaktown Spice. They have locations in Oakland and in Castro Valley at the super cool new um, marketplace that they have. And I think I talked about them last year, but I hadn't actually experienced any of their products. But they had tonic kits. Ooh. Yeah, last year. So there was a regular one and an elderflower one. And I gave those as gifts, so I'm waiting to hear. But I got a bunch of, like, three different kinds of pepper, peppercorns for my birthday, which I'm super excited about. And they have various kits, like, you know, they have, like, a vegetable seasoning kit, and they have a chicken seasoning kit, and mm-hmm. they have just all kinds, like, super spicy kits. So that would be another place to check out. Um, I'm going to do a plug for for nice serving pieces and utensils. Um, I always like to have a good, you know, not like a giant, not having 50 people over. You need a the perfect piece of really expensive china, but just a cute serving bowl. I've mentioned we've been, been doing family meals where I kind of put all the food out and let people serve themselves, and it just feels a little fancier. And as we're getting back into having people over... You know, it doesn't have to match anything. Yeah. It just it just has to be pretty. And then nice, you know, spatulas and spoons and you know, good cookware to work with is if someone it's, loves to it's cook, pleasurable. it's going to be nice and yeah. it would probably be something that they're not going to want to spend money on themselves because it feels super indulgent, but they would be super happy to receive. At least I would. <laughs> so, yeah. I have found that after cooking for 20 months straight in my kitchen, some of my items are a little worse the wear. Yeah. Like I had some bamboo serving or they're more cooking utensils. Boy, are they, they've had it. But the one thing that is really cooked are my oven mitts. Mm. Yeah. I had to buy some new ones. And I put that on my list of things to look for. New, cute oven mitts. Have you ever used, do you, have you used the little tiny ones? That are, no. I do you really, like those? I do like those. I feel sometimes they're just easier to, to handle things with. So these are the ones that are just rectangles. They're not, mm-hmm. They don't go over your entire hand. They're little rectangles and they just fit over your finger, fingers and your thumb. And they're not great for everything, but sometimes they, they are much easier to work with. Mm. I find that when I'm wrestling something in or out of the oven, my watch gets really hot. Mm. So I like to have a mitt that goes over my watch. But I could totally see using the little hand puppet. (laughs) We both keep making the little hand puppet motion. Like like chameleons. Yeah. But also cookbooks, right? Like there's so many great cookbooks that are out right now. You could definitely inspire someone or you know if they have a specific thing they like there's so many you know really specific books Um, absolutely yeah I mean there's the ones we reviewed Bryant Terry has another new one out Mm -hmm. that we haven't there's a million there's there's a million cookbooks yeah did you have anything else no those that's all my okay the one thing that I was really excited to research was spice of the month club oh because I What I really loved about the Tuesday Night Cookbook was how, and we've said this, I've said this a couple times, was how it kind of pushed my flavor profile in a slightly new uh, trajectory. And so I thought it would be really cool to get 
new flavors as a gift. And so I looked at Spice of the Month clubs Mm. and did a bunch of research about this. I found three places. I haven't tried any of them yet, however. So I had done all of the research. And then when I was looking in that Simply Julia cookbook, the Julia Turston one, she had one of the spice sets on there. So I like that it, it didn't feel like a huge endorsement. But sort of like, okay, I'm in the right neighborhood. Right. So one of them is Burlap and Barrel. It's sustainably sourced. Really great sounding. I think you just get like little envelopes. So it's kind of affordable. It's like, I don't know, maybe 15, 10 or $15 a month. But you can pay for the whole year or just do a six-month set, whatever. And then there was Raw Spice Bar, and theirs are all, or they have an all-organic option, which I liked. And then there was Picant Post, which had the most versatile subscription. Like, you could just do, like, a little taster set, or you could do a more elaborate one. And I actually think I'm going to try one of these for myself. Yeah. Report back. I will. I had two more kitchen items, and it was... I mean, I did look through my kitchen drawers like, huh, I should really replace those bamboo things and the oven mitts. And then something recently, oh, I know what it was, Great British Baking Show. They did, no spoiler here, I promise. They did, one of their challenges had a bunt pan feature, like you could build something on top, like somebody used, or somebody used a bunt pan. I am still bunt panless. Really? Uh-huh. I just have those little ones, hmm. which are slightly too big for a single serving, but nobody wants to share a miniature yeah. bunt cake. I think I would use a bunt pan. And I don't know. I went and looked. They are beautiful. Like, I couldn't decide. You can get some super fancy ones. And what a, I just thought that would be such a beautiful gift with a fun baking cookbook and a bunt pan and a cute set of oven mitts like you're done with me (laughs) (laughs) noted just kidding kidding, people i have tons of baking cookbooks i just need the bunt pan and the oven mitts and the oven mitts i might make the oven mitts you can buy heat proof fabric and then you can buy really thick batting i might make some it would be fun to try to make an oven mitt maybe tedious I don't know. Who has time for that? It doesn't seem, you know, as I have all this sewing knowledge, it doesn't seem like it would be that. You could start, but you could start off doing the little pocket ones. I could. Because that's just a rectangle. Or the flat ones. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I was thinking quilted, of course. Of course. Okay. So my last kitchen dining idea, I have been seeing these awesome candles, candlesticks. Some of them like thick and square, almost like an otolisk. Some with gorgeous like roped twists to them. And I saw, I know that I can pick some up at um, World Market, Cost Plus mm-hmm. World Market, but I saw super fancy ones on Food 52. And I know that you could probably get some beautiful ones from Etsy. and. It stuck with me because I saw some at one of the museum stores before quarantine. Hmm. Um, 
and I'm really eager to get back to our museum stores because they're always, I don't know that I would necessarily shop there, but sometimes it's like great window shopping, like idea shopping. Right. So that was my last, I think that would be such a cool hostess oh, yeah. host gift too is a beautiful set of candlesticks and like a simple candlestick holder or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I like it. All right, on the nightstand gifts. I can't wait to talk to you about this because I had a real conundrum. Okay. Yeah, but you, you go want... first. Okay. I totally scavenged through other people's gift ideas because <laughs> I was, I mean, I just, I just want books, quite frankly. It's, yeah. That's good. I'm good with that. Or, you know, gift card to a local bookstore. I'm going to be totally happy with that. But I did find some cute coasters with book quotes, like, you know, oh, that's loving a fun books. Idea. So yeah, so I thought that that could be something a little different and adorable. And then on Etsy, there is, and again, it might be too late for this year, but you know, birthdays and next year, you can get an art print of books and you get to choose what the titles are. So you can <gasps> pick someone's like six favorite book titles, or I think um, she has one, you know, she'll just do all the Jane Austen books if that's their thing. Or So I thought that was really a nice little personalized option. There's an artist, Jane Mount, who her, her work is very recognizable, I think, to a lot of people. And she does book spines. All of her art is book spines and her stuff is really fun. And I just want to see, and that, uh, that one is from Laura Rowe Studio. And again, the links will all be in the show notes. That's a great idea. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. Which to do first. Okay, I have two books that I want to recommend and then my conundrum. Okay. Normally, I would say you have to be really careful if you're, you have to know your person if you're buying books. But I came across two books recently that I thought would make such beautiful gift books for a lot of different people. They're kind of both in that natural, nature-loving vein. One is called An Irish Year by Jane Powers, and it is kind of an almanac of a year in Ireland and what she's seeing in her natural environment. And it's got really charming illustrations, and it's I think it's it jumps throughout the month. And then there's this book called Seed to Dust by Mark Hammer, and his book is an just gorgeous elegy to this property that he takes care of and there's lots of different characters who come into it and his life story is really interesting and his is chunked seasonally or monthly rather like what's happening in January and he talks about what he's doing to prepare the gardens and I guess they're more definitely it would be more for gardeners or nature people or bird watchers or but I also love that you could put this book down and pick it up like once mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. It's kind of a subscription in a way, yeah. you know, and I think the pace of it has, it's been just really lovely, especially as we've all been inside and, you know, not. Yeah. As, and as the person is going to think of you. Yeah. Not just, you know, they're not just going to read this book and be done. It's something that they can come back to and. Yeah. Keep I think about. they're, they're That's both really, nice. really thoughtful and, and they have different attributes, but it's kind of an interesting gift idea. And I don't normally say 
one size fits all. Here's a book. But I can think of a lot of people who would appreciate both of these books. Okay, conundrum. Okay. I was listening to Modern Mrs. Darcy talk about her new reading journal. Yes. Which I think is extraordinary and worthy, gift worthy in and of itself. Give it with a pen, like a really nice pen, and you're you're good to go. She did have kits to go with it for a while, but I'm not <clears> sure <throat> if those are available anymore. I don't know. I, I didn't look recently. I think you got like recently. A, a book stamp. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's a fun oh, gift idea, too, <laughs> yeah. a personalized stamp, the library of. So as I was listening to her describe how to use her book journal, mm -hmm. it holds 100 books, and you build the table of contents yourself. Mm. It's a little bit more involved than I personally like to log my books. I'm totally analog. I don't use Goodreads for, for logging books, at least. And I keep a list in my planner, in the back of my planner. And I love that. I love my system. Except that now that I'm four, five years into having these planners, sometimes I have to go back a couple years mm -hmm. and think, was it, you know, 2019 or 2018? And right. thumb through. So I have had a little bit of a, an epiphany that maybe it's not the best for me to keep them all in the back of the planner because then I have to thumb through five or six different planners and in 10 years, that's a, lot of that's a lot of planners. So I was thinking maybe I just take a journal, a blank journal and keep a running log in there and then they're all in one place at least. And I don't know if I would add the past years to it or whatnot, it's a whole other conundrum, but a great journal, a blank journal that's set up for that kind of thing would work perfectly well, depending on how you keep your book list. I don't know. I'm sort of torn. 100 is slightly less than what I'm on track to read this year. And it would yeah. still be the problem of, well, what year did I read it? I don't know. I can't decide what I'm going to do going forward. But I love having a problem like this because that means yeah. that I did a lot of reading yeah. and that I've been chronicling it all and it's just a matter of organizing. And you're the librarian. What do you think besides digital? Well, I was going to say digital <laughs> makes it all very much easier. Um, I mean, you could keep doing it, You need, but you need to have some way of accessing it. So I usually keep a picture in my phone of... Like, especially if I know that I'm going to have a lunch date with a bookish person, I'll mm. take a picture of, because it's only four or five pages from my journal. Right. And then I can just be like, oh, have you read? Have you read? Have you read? And we'll talk books that way. But it's not super efficient. No. Well, you could digitally just have a list, just like title, author, year read, if you want to keep your books within your yearly journal mm. so you would have to remember to but you, you know you could do it once a week or you know have once a month whatever however often you want to update it so that way you do have a, an easy way to search and then you can go back to your your analog i should say i mean i would want to have more information than just that but then that's why i'm on goodreads although i don't have that much more yeah information 
Monica and I do keep a running list of the books and the cookbooks that we read on our bookshop.org site. Yes. And that which... started over the summer? I no. have not gone back. Uh-huh. I have not added beyond where we started, so... I haven't either. So it's just since the beginning of the year. We've been doing it since January. Oh, really? I have. Oh, great. I didn't realize we've been doing it that long. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So that's, yeah, it's something to think about. That's that's an interesting... I know. It's not ideal. It's the paper. I have so much paper. And I know, I know... Going digital would solve no, I'm, all of I, no, that. but I'm not. I, I don't want you to go totally digital, just so that you have a way of searching. Yeah. So that you can easily be like, okay, that book is 2019, and go back, and then still have all your nice analog Records. information. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, it's a good idea. If or you especially can do a little little note cards, especially if you know if you know that somebody. You're, you know, if you're gifting it, if you know that they're a big reader, then you can think about, oh, is a hundred enough? Or maybe a blank journal would be better or. Yeah. Well, they might not want to put, if they are a really big reader, they might not want to put all of their books in there. Yeah. Some books are, you know, just entertainment and they're not, I put everything deeply. I mean, yeah, I enter everything, but. It's one of my most satisfying lists. Book lists are very satisfying and helpful. And I think that's it. I know this will help me build a couple lists for Yeah. For, so yeah, feel free to jump onto the Instagram thread for this or the Ravelry thread if you have other ideas that you think would be helpful for people who are shopping for their crafters and cooks and bakers readers. and readers and yeah. candlestick makers. <laughs> exactly. I wish I knew a candlestick maker. That would be... How hard can Useful. it be? Let's make candlesticks. You do that. I'll be upstairs cooking beans. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, until next time when we are going to sound amazing. We're going to have a sound engineer too, people. So this is... I'm so nervous. This is going to be an interesting experience. So, okay. Oh, and one final gift idea. The gift of the year. We still have Craft, Cook, Read, Repeat sweatshirts, hoodies, which we were going to send, start sending out, and then quarantine, couldn't go to the post office. So I still have them, and they are still amazing and soft and comfortable in a lovely lavender color. Pinkish lavender. Pinkish yes. lavender with our logo on the back and on the front in that beautiful turquoise that we all love so much. So if you are interested, I would love it if you could pay just for the shimping. I've got to figure out how much that is, but message us and let us know if you want one yeah and we can send them out or tell your loved ones that you want one and we'll make it happen we'll make it happen yeah they are they are very comfy okay so until next time make sure to do something you love every day thanks everyone bye this can be found at craftcookreadrepeat.podbean.com you can find us on instagram as craftcookreadrepeat or courtneysf that's c-o-r-t-n-e-y-s-f on ravelry i'm magdon m-a-g-d-o-n and if you have any questions or comments email us at craftcookreadrepeat at gmail.com thanks for listening